0: Now, as gunshots echo across the wind-swept, snow-covered reaches of the wild Northwest, Quaker popped wheat and Quaker popped rice, the breakfast cereals shot from guns, present Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. It's Yukon King, swiftest and strongest lead dog of the Northwest blazing the trail for Sergeant Preston of the Northwest Mounted Police in his relentless pursuit of lawbreakers. On King! On, you husky. <coughs> gold, gold discovered in the Yukon. A stampede to the Klondike in the wild race for riches. Back to the days of the gold rush. With Quaker puffed wheat and Quaker puffed rice bringing you the adventures of Sergeant Preston and his wonder dog, Yukon King, as they meet the challenge of the Yukon There's no one that can make a better cereal than Quaker Puff Rice. It's nice and when you hear that shootin', you're darn tootin' that Quaker makes the ones shot from guns, And do they hit the spot?
1: Mmm,
0: Take a bowl full of those king-sized premium grains of Quaker popped rice or Quaker popped wheat, topped with milk or cream and fruit. And what a mouth-watering breakfast treat. Try it tomorrow. <laughs> Summit Sheridan with two fellow professors headed into the Indian territory to study the Indians totem poles and try to locate a fabled treasure in gold. They were closely followed by outlaws led by a Russian, Sergei Rostov. Sheridan found a stone tablet and was convinced that if the picture writing on it could be deciphered, the whereabouts of the buried treasure would be known. Rostov learned of this, and with the help of Captain Rafe Bradford, the skipper of a whaler, The professors were captured and taken to an old logging camp on the shores of Alexander Bay. Three weeks later, Rostov received word that Sergeant Preston and the professor's son, Ted, were looking for the professor. Rostov rode out to the whaler, which was anchored in Alexander Bay, and conferred with Captain
2: Bradford. Good afternoon, Captain.
0: What's good about it? When the wind starts blowing from
3: the northeast, it means we're in for a spell of dirty weather. It will not be too bad, I trust, to prevent
2: you putting to sea. What's
3: that? those two old fogies you're holding prisoner finally told you where Brooks' gold is buried? Not exactly. Uh, I thought as much. Well, I'm fed up. There's whales out there in the open sea, and we mean to go and get some of them. Why, I saw a spout the other day that must have been a hundred feet high. Could have been Big Blue himself. And who is Big Blue? Oh, a whale so big he'd fill the hold of this ship with oil. And there's real gold for you. Not the buried treasure sort of stuff that may or may not exist.
2: We are certain the gold exists. What's more, we've chartered your ship. You've
3: paid me a measly $2,000 and wasted two months of my time. I'm
2: finished. Let us consider the situation. Oh. Consider the situation,
3: he says.
2: (laughs) You're getting to talk like a professor. They are making progress with their work. That's what they tell you.
3: Even if they do figure out what the picture writing on the stone means, they'll not tell you.
2: They know they must or they'll die. Have you told them that? I've given them one more week. Already we know the treasure is buried at the foot of a sun and raven totem.
3: That's a big help. You'll find those in every
2: Indian village from here to Alaska. And Professor Sheridan is confident that if he is furnished with a single key, he will be able to decipher the exact location. Well, where does he expect
3: to find the key to a picture language no one uses anymore? From me?
2: Yes, Captain. From you. Uh, What? Do you remember the killer whale totem that stands near the chief's hut in the Tonga's village? Sure, sure. They found the
3: stone buried at the foot of it.
2: Professor Sheridan remembers some unusual carving near the top of it. He believes that is the key to the language on the stone. So he wants to be taken back there, I suppose. That was his suggestion. However, I told him it was impossible. Well, I should hope so. And I suggested an alternative. What? What? that you bring him the section of the pole on which the carving is found. Now,
3: there's a brilliant thought. What's the chief of the Tongas going to be doing when we march into his village, cut down his prized totem pole, and saw off the top?
2: How can he stop you? Your crew has guns, the Indians have none. Couldn't put up much of a fight, that's sure. It would be a very simple operation. And there is another reason why you should return to the Tongas village. What's that? I've just received word Professor Sheridan's son is on his way there. looking for the old man, huh? Yes, and with him, there's a Northwest Mounted Policeman, Sergeant Preston by name. Northwest Mounted? Hey, that's bad. Very. The chief will tell the sergeant that the three professors left this village in your ship. And the police will start looking for him. Undoubtedly.
3: Well, you got me into this, Rostov. I'll tell the police it was all your idea. Following the professors, taking them prisoner, holding them. Easy, Captain.
2: There's no need to tell them anything. Well, there will be if I'm caught. Listen. Suppose
3: you return to the Tonga's village. To get a piece of a totem pole when there's a police sergeant waiting there for me?
2: Captain, you would simply tell the sergeant that what the chief says is true. That you offered to take the three professors north in your ship and that you did take them where they wanted to go, to Moose Bay. You will then offer to take this sergeant and the professor's son there. Once you get them aboard the schooner... Put to sea and dump them overboard. It would be better if you brought them back here. Professor Sheridan may be persuaded to work faster if he sees his son's life is in danger. But if you prefer to commit murder yourself... No, no, no. I'll leave that up to you. I'll bring them here. Along with the top of the totem pole. Now. This is my idea of how you should proceed when you reach the Tonga's village. That should be tomorrow afternoon at the latest.
0: Sergeant Preston reached the Tonga's fishing village on the day following Rostov's conference with Captain Bradford at Alexander Bay. When the sergeant questioned the chief concerning Ted's father, the chief led Ted and Preston to the tallest of the killer whale totems in the village. It was very old, and a fine example of the Indians art at the top there was the figure of the raven and directly below it the carving which professor Sheridan had noticed below the carving came the figure of the beaver then the image of an Indian boy then the symbol of the sea lion and at the base of the column the wide open jaws of the killer whale
4: that carving just below the raven looks like some sort of sign language is it chief
5: me understand some picture not all perhaps it tells the story of the killer whale what is the legend well as i remember it
1: a long time ago a boy who belonged to the tongas tribe was marooned by his evil brothers on a far off island the boy discovered the lair of the sea lions and saved the chief sea lion's son from death as a reward the sea lions returned him to his home on the mainland and gave him the power to create and control The killer whales by making wooden carvings of them. The whales destroyed his evil brothers. And then the boy ordered the whales never again to harm human beings.
4: But still men die who go down to the sea in ships to catch them. No, it's the sea that kills them, Sergeant. Not the whales. Hmm. The ground around the pole has been dug up recently. Ah, Professor
5: Diggy.
4: He was still looking for the buried treasure when he was here, Ted.
5: Him not fine gold, but him fine stone... A many picture on stone. Are you sure, Chief? Professor say stone tells story about where Indian bury gold long time ago.
4: The professor was able to read the picture writing? Only a little bit.
5: But him takes stone with him when him leave. How long ago was that? Maybe one moon. And where'd he go? Moose Bay. Then that's a long way from here. Oh, him go. On ship. A ship? A uh, whaler put in the harbor. Professor talk with captain. Captain say, good. Me take you, Moose Bay.
4: Chief, was this captain a Russian?
5: No. Him named Bradford. Oh, thank goodness for that.
4: Uh, why you ask about Russian? Well, Chief, we found out that the professor and his party were being followed by some Russians. Bad men who were also looking for the buried treasure. They intended to wait until the professor had found it and then take it away from him. Him
5: not find gold here.
4: You seen any Russians around? Hmm? Men with black beards? No, not for a long time.
5: Captain Bradford have beard, but him, not Russian.
1: Well, Sergeant, I I suppose the only thing for us to do is start out for Moose Bay. It's a long way.
4: Mother <laughs> King.
5: You look. Ship sailed in the harbor. A schooner.
4: Uh,
1: captain Bradford's ship. Sergeant, we're in luck. Perhaps. I have plenty of money. We'll hire the captain to take us to Moose Bay just as that.
4: They might agree to it. We'll have a talk with him anyway. Come on, King. As the sergeant, the chief, and Ted walked down to the beach,
0: the whaler dropped anchor in the harbor, and a small boat was put over the side.
3: That'll do it, boys.
0: A few minutes later, the boat was run up on the beach, and the captain stepped out of it.
5: Well, hello, chief. Oh, oh this uh... Sergeant Preston. Pleased to meet you, Sergeant.
4: Captain Bradford? That's right. This is Ted Sheridan.
5: Sheridan, huh?
3: Are you the professor's son? Yes, Captain.
4: The chief says that you took my father
1: and Professor Fraser and Professor Haywood up to Moose Bay.
3: He told you right. Dropped them off there about
1: a month ago. From
3: there, they were going to work their way up the coast to Skagway. Could
1: you take the sergeant and me to Moose Bay?
3: Well, now, that was a special favor to your father. My ship's a whaler, not a ferry.
1: I'll pay you any amount, you ask. (laughs) Be a two-day run. Five hundred dollars.
3: <laughs> That's a lot of money. It's yours,
1: and I should tell you that we're afraid something has happened to my father. Please say you'll take us, Captain.
3: Well, I don't see how I can refuse when you put it that way. Then it's settled. It's settled. We'll not be able to sail before morning. My crew's making some repairs. Oh,
4: tomorrow's fine. would well,
3: you and the sergeant like to have supper with me? Spend the night on board be more comfortable than in the village. Why, yes, Captain. Thanks.
4: Sergeant. I want to talk with all the chief's people before we leave. You want to question him about the professor? The professor and others.
3: Well, you should be finished by supper time, shouldn't you? I think so. Then I'll send a boat for you about
0: six. It was nearly dark when the sergeant and Ted reached the ship. Ted went up the ladder first. The sergeant followed him, carrying King in his arms. All right,
6: take him. They had no chance. No so sooner did they set foot on the deck
0: than the whole crew swarmed over them. Both Ted and the sergeant were knocked out. The mate tried to grab King and throw him overboard, but the great dog eluded him and ran toward the stern of the ship. The sergeant and Ted were tied hand and foot. That does it.
3: Now stow him in the ford cabin. Hey, I see. Aye, Come on, boy. give me a hand. We'll continue
0: our adventure in just a moment. They score every time. Yes, the ones shot from guns, Quaker-popped wheat and Quaker-popped rice, hit the spot for taste. There's delicious, toasty, nut-like flavor in those king-size premium grains that are exploded up to eight times normal size. And they score in nourishment because every spoonful gives you added food values of restored natural grain amounts of vitamin B1, niacin, and iron. So, for the nutritious breakfast dish you love to eat, get delicious Quaker popped rice and Quaker popped wheat. And say, get ready, get set, with paper and pencil handy. There's a terrific surprise coming at the end of the program. Something wonderful for you that's straight out of the great Northwest. Don't miss it. Keep listening. Now to continue. When King escaped from the mate, he found an open companionway at the stern of the ship that led down into the hold, and there he waited until the decks were clear and he could return to his master. Inside the forward cabin, the sergeant regained consciousness and tried to put his hand to his aching head. He soon realized he was helpless. There was no chance of working free from the ropes that bound him. A little light came through the open porthole, and the sergeant could see Ted lying on the floor beside him.
4: No.
1: Oh, my head. We didn't have a chance, Sergeant.
4: No. wonder what happened to King.
1: I caught a glimpse of him running toward the stern of the ship.
4: Huh? Hope he's still on board. This was a poor way to find out what happened to your father. It's all clear now, isn't it? We can make some fair guesses.
1: Captain Bradford's working with the Russians.
4: And your father, Professor Fraser, and Professor Haywood were taken prisoner when they came aboard the ship.
1: Somehow, Professor Haywood
4: managed to escape.
1: I wonder where Dad and Professor Fraser are.
4: Bradford may be taking us to them. <laughs> is the ship underway? No.
1: What's that? Shovel in the village. I'll see. The sergeant rolled across the deck of
0: the
4: cabin until he was directly beneath the port Then he managed to get to his feet.
1: Captain and his men, sergeant?
4: Yes. They're in the village. The Indians seem to be running away.
1: Why should Bradford attack them?
4: That's strange. What is Bradford's men seem to be chopping down the totem pole in front of the chief's lodge. Yes, it's falling.
1: What could they want with a totem pole?
4: I have no idea. Now they're starting to saw off the top of it.
1: Chopping down a totem pole, it doesn't make sense.
4: There's some reason behind it, we can be sure of that.
1: Have all the crew gone ashore?
4: No, there are some of them standing at the rail.
1: Oh, if we could only get free of these ropes.
4: Take a look around the cabin. Uh, Looks mighty bare to me.
6: Stand by to anchor.
4: What are the men saying? Can you hear? us to hoist anchor and break out sail as soon as the men return from the village. Wherever we're going, this will be a rough trip. The wind's rising. By the time the section of the totem pole had been
0: hoisted aboard and lashed to the deck, the wind had risen to gale force. But in spite of that, sail was set and the whaler headed for the open sea. There, great waves pounded the ship as it beat to windward. And the sergeant and Ted were rolled back and forth across the deck of the cabin, crashing into the bunks and the bulkhead. By morning, they were bruised and battered. But then the wind dropped to a breeze, the sea calmed down, and the sergeant was able to get to his feet and look out the porthole. The captain and the mate were standing in the bow only about 20 feet away.
3: There she blows, Captain. He's a big one. We're going after. It. This calm won't last long. We're in the heart of a storm. We we'll work fast. Lower both the long boats. Use every member of the crew. Leave no one behind at the wheel. We'll last the wheel. Put a sea anchor out to hold the ship. We'll use every man but the cook. That whale is big blue, and I'm not letting them get away. Now, come on,
4: then. This may be the break we've been looking for, Ted. What's that? They've sighted a whale. They're going after him. The whole crew's being ordered into the long boats, and only the cook will be left aboard. The sergeant and Ted listened to the shouts of the men as
0: sails were furled and a sea anchor rigged up and dropped overboard. The longboats were lowered and the crew swarmed down the ladders into them. The whales surfaced just as they pulled away from the ship. The captain called on the men to put all their strength into their rowing.
1: Are you trying to call King Sergeant?
4: Yes. There's a rope locker just below this porthole. King could jump up on it. If I can just get my hands up to the porthole. Yes. King may be able to chew the ropes loose.
1: He may be hiding somewhere below decks. He may not be able to hear you.
4: We're not even sure he's on board. But if he is, I'm sure he'll try to find me the first chance he gets. King
0: had heard the men leaving the ship. When the decks had become quiet, he ran to the top of the companionway. There was no one around, and he started for the bow of the ship. He heard the sergeant's whistle and raced toward his master.
4: Here, boy, here. Up on the locker. Up. Well, okay. the ropes. Chew them, boy.
0: King went to work. It took him five minutes to chew through the ropes that bound the sergeant's wrists. Then the sergeant went to work on the ropes that bound his feet.
4: Afterwards, Ted was freed. That does it.
1: Oh, at last. I suppose the door is locked.
4: Yes, but it doesn't look too strong. We should be able to break our way out. Come on. Put your weight into it. Now what? Captain's cabin first. We'll need guns. Right. Come on, King. In the captain's cabin,
0: they not only found guns, but the ship's log and a chart with a course plotted for Alexander
1: Bay. Alexander Bay, that must be where Dad is.
4: Sounds likely the ship was anchored there for over three weeks. What do we do now, Sergeant? There's only one man on board, the cook. We'll probably find him in the galley. While they were in the captain's cabin, the wind rose
0: and began to howl through the rigging. On the open deck, the sergeant and Ted had to hang onto the railing as they fought their way aft against the ever rising gale.
1: I have never seen such a storm. It's getting worse by the minute. Do you think the sea anchor will stop our drift?
4: In this wind, not a chance. I'm wondering if the men will ever make it back here in the longboats. It's a foolhardy thing to launch them. I don't see any sign of them. They're on the port side.
0: As they rounded the housing at the stern of the ship, they saw the cook hanging onto the port railing. At half a mile away, the two longboats. The cook screamed.
6: He's got them!
0: Suddenly, one of the boats rose high in the air.
6: Big Blue! He's come up underneath him! The boat,
0: raised out of the water by the great whale, toppled over. The men were thrown into the rising sea.
6: They'll drown every mother's son of them.
4: The other boat will pick them up.
6: No. It's Big Blue. He's a killer. He's going for the other boat now. He'll smash it to Kindling.
0: The second boat wasn't smashed. But the whale did turn it over and now the whole crew was struggling in the water. There was nothing the men aboard the whaler could do. And that was the last they saw of the crew, for the gale rose to a new fury. The spray whipped from the waves grew thick as snow blotted the crew from sight. Suddenly, the whole ship began to shake. It became a live thing, struggling to be free. Then the anchor cable snapped. The storm seemed to grasp of the whaler and hurl it toward the distant shore. Sergeant raced for the helm, hoping to control the ship's course. But the wheel was spinning free. The rudder lines had broken. The ship was at the mercy of the wind and sea.
6: Nothing to do now, but
4: hang on. The
6: coast is rocky along here. We'll be driven ashore and wrecked.
4: And we'll have to swim for it, Ted.
6: It was the totem pole that did it. They should never have stolen it. It brought the curse of the killer whale on the whole crew.
4: Why did they steal it?
6: I had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with any of this crooked business, Sergeant. I hired his cook on what I thought was a whaling trip. Fully in, me, Sergeant.
4: Why did they steal the totem pole?
6: There's some carving on it. The professor wants to see. My
1: father? The pole was being taken to my father? Yeah.
6: Those trucks are holding him prisoner at Alexander Bay. He found a stone tablet in the Tongass village. And if he can figure out the picture writing on it... It'll tell those crooks where the buried gold is.
4: How many men are there at Alexander Bay?
6: There's half a dozen, besides Rostov, the ringleader. We're not far from Alexander Bay. About ten miles to the north. You'll never see it. We're done for. Well, there's life, there's hope.
0: On, the ship drove toward the coast. And then suddenly, a high black rock loomed straight up from the water on the starboard side.
6: We're going to hit. Hang on, sergeant. The
0: ship missed the rock by less than a foot. And at the same moment, the hull scraped the sunken reef. Then a huge wave rose beneath the ship and lifted it up and over the reef into calmer water. A few minutes later, the whaler ran aground on a sandy bottom. It listed to a 45-degree angle as the waves continued to beat against it. There was nothing the sergeant and his companion could do but stay where they were and hope the ship wouldn't break up. A long hour passed before the wind began to die down. Another hour and the storm had passed over. The sergeant, Ted, and the cook climbed from the wheelhouse to the slanting deck and searched the sea beyond the reef for some sign of the whaler's crew. There was none. The sky cleared, and the sun came out. The sea grew calm, but there was no sign of life on its shining surface. Close to the horizon, the men saw a spout of water shoot in the air.
6: There he is, big blue Twenty men he's killed today. Should he be blamed or should the captain? The captain should never have gone after him.
4: He should have known the calm wouldn't last. I suppose it was greed that drove him to take the chance.
6: He was always talking about Big Blue and the money that one whale would bring. Big Blue.
4: The last of the killer
1: whales. What do we do now, Sergeant?
4: We'll make a raft. There's plenty of loose wood around now. That piece of the killer whale totem will do as part of it. We'll load the raft with ammunition and supplies and paddle into shore.
1: And then on to Alexander Bay.
4: On to Alexander Bay. Big Blue has taken care of the captain and his men. It's up to us to take care of the other members of the gang. When your father's free and the gang's in jail, this case will be closed.
0: Say, a totem pole is like a history book of the Northwest Indians. And the carvings of fish, animals, birds, and weird creatures on the huge logs were all done by hand. Yet I understand that the Indians had only such tools as the whalebone, beaver teeth, or sharp stones to do the carving. It's a rare privilege to see those totem poles in the Northwest because they're found nowhere else in the world. And that's what makes this news so terrific right now every one of sergeant preston's friends can get in on the most exciting offer of your life you fellas and girls can get a miniature a real scale model of the great killer whale totem pole you heard about in the exciting story today and here's another thrill the killer whale totem pole is just one of five different miniature totem poles offered to sergeant preston's friends by quaker puff wheat and quaker puff rice it's a complete collection and what a scoop if you're first in your gang to get them. You get the great killer whale. The famous thunderbird. The fight for the land otters. The weird burial pole. The sun and raven. Everyone is different. Everyone, a pressed wood, hand-painted scale model, four inches high, of real authentic totem poles that you would see today if you traveled up to the great northwest. They're just what you want for building your own little Indian villages. For taking to school when you study Indians. And they're easy as pie to get. For the killer whale totem pole in today's story, or the whole collection of all five different totem poles, just do this. Get a package of swell-tasting Quaker puffed rice or Quaker puffed wheat. The special new packages now at grocers tell all about these totem poles and tell you just how to get them. Then tear off the box top, which has a special handy order blank with a list of the five totem poles right on it. Just check the totem poles you want. And for every one you check, Send 25 cents. To get the whole collection, you send only one dollar. Send to Totem Poles, Box L, Chicago 77, Illinois. Then with your order, you'll get something extra. A little booklet, which tells the fascinating history and story of each Totem Pole. What's more, if these aren't the most exciting scale model Totem Poles you ever saw, you'll get every cent of your money back. Now, whether you want one or all of the five different Totem Poles, The whole collection, you only have to send one box top from Quaker Puffed Wheat or Quaker Puffed Rice. Then send 25 cents for each totem pole you want, or $1 for the whole collection. Get going. Shake a leg. The supply is limited. Write down this address and send right away. Tonight, send to Totem Poles, Box L, Chicago 77, Illinois. And now, a word about our next adventure. Alexander Bay was not to be the end of the trail for the sergeant and Ted Sheridan. When they reached there, the only sign of life they found was Mike, the professor's Irish setter. And Mike was nearly dead from a bullet wound in his chest. Still, the dog was able to show the sergeant the trail his master had taken. And the sergeant knew the professor was still a prisoner. Other men, Rostov and his outlaws, had left Alexander Bay with him their trail led into the deep forest where killers could find a thousand places to set an ambush. Don't miss this next exciting adventure. These radio dramas, a feature of Sergeant Preston of the Yukon Incorporated, are created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Fred Flowerday, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of Sergeant Preston is played by Paul Sutton. Sergeant Preston of the Yukon is brought to you every Tuesday and Thursday at this same time by Quaker Popped Wheat and Quaker Popped Rice, the breakfast cereal shot from guns. Only Quaker Paco 10 has wheat and rice shot from guns. That's Quaker Paco 10, a regular cereal pantry. Six different delicious ready-to-serve cereals. Ten crisp, fresh individual servings. At breakfast, you can take your pick of the pack. Have your own separate individual package. Enjoy a different cereal, extra fresh, every morning. Just remember, only Quaker Paco 10 has all your family's cereal favorites. Try Quaker Paco 10. You'll be glad you did. This is J. Michael wishing you goodbye, good luck, and good health from Quaker-popped wheat and Quaker-popped rice. So long. Listen tomorrow at this same time to The Green Hornet, brought to you by the drink that makes you feel fresh again, delicious Orange Crush. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.